0: Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? If you've never been to Dorisville Baptist Church, I will tell you it never goes this way. Uh, There's never two people up on the stage. There's never chairs, uh, except if you were here a year and a half ago when we did this, uh, regarding relatively the same topic, but a lot has changed. Um, When we were here the last time, um, we were expecting our fourth child, uh, and we were Nervous. We were like, oh, it might be a girl. It was not. It was not a girl. You all thought. Everyone told us it's going to be a girl. Statistically, it's got to be a girl. No, that's not true. We uh, welcomed our fourth boy. His name is Jude. And he turns a year in July. So time really does travel fast. We actually named him Jude because uh, we're very spiritual people and it's biblical. But then also... Um, after the Priscilla Shire joke. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but she named her last son Jude because it's the closest thing to Revelation because it is finished. (laughs) It is done. (laughs) We good. Uh, So, um, you know, we want to talk. If you've, you know, a lot of people in our Sunday school class have noticed this about us, but we have a tendency uh, to keep it real. Uh, We don't necessarily hold back. We don't feel like that necessarily does anybody any good. And so we're just going to keep it real today. Uh, We're going to really tell you what it's like. We're going to really tell you some things that we have learned about family. We're going to really tell you about the gospel. And we really hope that you get something out of this, regardless of what your situation, regardless of what your family looks like, and regardless of where you are today. So... Uh, To start with, we like to show some pictures. So go ahead and show the first picture. We're going to split this up into what we allow you to see, maybe at church, maybe on Facebook. And then we're going to pair that with what actually happens in real life. So the first picture, Jenny's going to take that one. So I
1: get to talk about this picture because I took this picture. This is Seth, actually. So he's baby three. And this is when I was still waking up early because I had a lot of energy after three kids. Uh, That's four changes things So you know But we would get up early and read the Bible And so I took a picture and posted it to social media uh, So that you all could see them doing my quiet time Legit, right? But then there's also the side that we don't necessarily show you So I took this picture too This is Andy And then you can also see a dead bird stuck in the van He
0: was so proud
1: Andy was very excited He really liked this But we were driving down kind of by Sloan Street Market You know where that is and I had just given Blair Hunt a big wave because first grade was going to Dairy Queen that day. Uh, and right as soon as I did that, a bird kind of swooped down. And my dad, always, my dad's sitting over there. Uh, and he always taught me, don't swear for an animal, right, Dad? You don't swear for an animal because that could really hurt you. So I did not. Uh, and then I carried that bird all around town because I wasn't going to change my plan. And people are, like, stopping me, right? And they're trying to, like, make sure I know there's a dead bird. Uh, so, actually, we did not make, this one didn't make Facebook. This no, was not, not one that we shared. No, Right, but but life isn't always right. Like s- sunny mornings with your Bible. Sometimes it's pulling a floppy bird out of your out of your grill because it was a lot floppier than I expected. Uh,
0: the next picture um, is uh, oh look, it's us. Uh, you know we work at uh, the college, and this is our. We always take a graduation picture because we are very fortunate and blessed to be able uh, to work with each other. But. Working with college students uh, really prepared us for our own family, uh, for better or worse, um, and uh, really has taught us a lot. Go ahead and show the next picture. So I we coached the speech team, and I had a couple of speech team members that worked at a pizza place that I am not going to say publicly. But what they thought would be hilarious is to, in the middle of July, after we were done, uh, to gather about 17 large pizza dough crusts and then hop my six-foot privacy fence in my backyard and then put that on the play play area. And then the next day, it happened to be 103 degrees. And so we had not gone out there, and then Noah comes running out, and he was like... (gasps) I think there's an alien on our playset. I don't know what that is, but there's something. And I immediately knew who it was, and I texted him and I said, do you know anything about this? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So that is what we get for working with college students. But it really has prepared us for, you know, uh, with our own children as they grow up and as they change and as they evolve, it really has been uh, great to practice on your children uh, going through college. Uh, So uh, that is one experience that we've had.
1: It's not all glamorous. There's one more. This is the Mother's Day picture that we took a couple of weeks ago, and this is a selfie. So we took it out by the house, and I just had everybody get their face in there, and that looks really cute, right? It makes me look like a good mom, so that one made it to Facebook. Uh, will you show the next one? This is what I actually do, though. So, Jude's hair grow, got kind of long, right? It grew unevenly. And I thought, well, I can fix this because I watched Oprah in the 90s, and she had a segment about 25 years ago about, in how, the to cut, 90s. about how to cut your bangs. Now, so, note to self, they don't actually wear bangs like this anymore. I should have maybe gotten a newer source for that. But I just gave him a little haircut, and I thought, you know, I'll give him his first haircut, and that'll be so sweet. Uh, There are a few things I should not do in this world, and one of those is cut hair, but I forgot, and cut his hair anyway. So if you see Jude, Tyler had the pleasure of giving him his second haircut that same day uh, at Great Clips. So he's in the nursery. He has much shorter hair now.
0: And I just walked in and I said, fix it. Just fix that, because we don't know.
1: But now I will say that Tyler is... So used to being married to me that he doesn't panic anymore when this stuff happens because it happens a lot and we'll talk about that later. Uh, but he walked in and he gave the baby a big smile. and said, "Mommy, cut your hair," and and he was just really calm about it and I appreciate that in front of everybody. That was a really cool thing to do.
0: We are thankful that Great Clips is open and a panic on Saturday afternoon. So good, we're glad for that. So basically, we we go through all of these pictures uh, to you know a little bit of funny a little bit of real life, a little bit to get to know us, but it does have a purpose. And the purpose is to let all of you know, to tell you, uh, because you already know, that we are not perfect. And that has become a very difficult pill to swallow these days. Um, A lot of people feel the immense pressure, uh, specifically... Uh, as mom and dad roles, to be perfect, to have a perfect family where people do perfect things. And we wanted to show those pics because we want to talk about family, but on a larger scale, we want to talk about belonging. Um, belonging is really what I want you to get out of today because all of you are coming in different family situations and different family types, but really uh, the, the gospel... Uh, is the real meaning of family and really teaches us what it's like to be part of the family. And so, yes, there's a difference between what people show and what is in real life. But unfortunately, and I'm not really sure who is to blame. Some researchers would say that it's social media presence. Some people just say it's the changing tide of our culture. But we have become obsessed with being perfect. And it has caused us to become disconnected. We are no longer interested in uh, living in the moment, as it were. We would much rather disconnect. And Christians have a problem with transparency. I have a problem with transparency. So I'm going to speak in the pejorative. We, we have a problem with transparency. Christians don't have problems. And so you'll hear that phrase over and over again. Well, a church is the hospital for sinners. That's correct. Unless it's you. Unless it's you. And then no, 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 no. We're not interested because we're not supposed to have real raw emotional problems we're supposed to have funny problems that we can show on a screen in front of 400 people right so today we want to talk about breaking down some of those barriers so that we can belong together in the body of Christ as one family as one whole and so
1: the problem is that if you're not honest with people and if you're not transparent with people then you never really feel like you belong To feel like you belong, you have to be able to share your whole self, so when we choose not to do that, a couple of things happen. The first is we feel really isolated. Uh, Some of you have had my class, I don't know where you went, you're around, and we talk a lot about this in one unit particularly, about how isolation is the public health crisis of our time, and research shows that it causes more year than smoking. Uh, It's a huge threat, not just to mental health, but physical health too, there are huge initiatives here and in other countries, to try to just connect people because we're so disconnected that we are finding things like mental health issues, diseases of despair, and divorce. I want to go back to diseases of despair for a second. That's a weird term, right? That's not something we just talk about at Sunday school. But you've heard these before. A disease of despair is like addiction. It is drug abuse. Uh, It is suicide. It is alcoholism. All of those things are diseases of despair. So these are symptoms. We call them diseases, but they're actually symptoms of a deeper problem, a root problem. Uh, That can be very complex, right? And it's different for different people. But for some of that, some of us, it's isolation. That's the reason we have to find some way to cope with how alone we feel. And that's something that we're finding a lot uh, more and more Nationally, but also in southern Illinois, right? You can look around and see there's a a drug problem. There are overdose problems. There are people who just disappear, and we don't know what happened to them.
0: But there's a lot of situations that we don't like to talk about, uh, specifically in church, uh, because it's hard, and it's difficult, and it's sticky, and we like things that are a little bit more cookie-cutter. But if you look at the research, you know, Approximately 3,500 suicide attempts happen daily in the United States between grades 9 through 12. Depression is the leading cause of disability, ages 15 through 44. So you might have a physical ailment, but the stem root of that might be rooted back to depression, which is then happening because of that isolation and loneliness. So as you can see, it's like this cyclical issue that keeps building and growing and getting bigger and bigger and quite frankly, has gotten out of hand. And so because of that, we felt the need that we need to talk about that because it's affecting your families. I wanna share a brief story. I can't go into specific details, but uh, I am a mental health first aid responder. And what that essentially means is that if someone, uh, specifically a student in my capacity, is having some sort of a mental health, what they would deem a mental health crisis, if they are feeling suicidal, if they have attempted suicide, Um, my job would be to then intervene and then to go get them the help. I am not a therapist. I am not somebody who's going to sit there and do crisis intervention. That is not what I do. What I do is then facilitate the avenue in which to get them uh, to professionals. And I will tell you that there are people in this area close to you that are dealing with some very heavy things, and they've not told their family, and they're not going to. And they're not going to tell their mom. And they are worried that their mom is going to find out because it might appear on insurance. That's our real quote. So the situation stems not only from a broader context where you can hear it on the news, and it's a vague reality, but it's happening right around you. You never actually know what someone is going through, even in your own family, especially in your own family. And so that is a lot of part of what we want to talk about today. There is hope,
1: though. I want to, Before we get to the hope, uh, I want to mention divorce, too. Divorce is a problem that we, we've talked about. We had a marriage series just a few weeks ago. But I learned something very affecting to me personally a few weeks ago. I was reading about the Paige Patterson thing, actually. Uh, and this source noted that divorce is actually higher in the Southern Baptist Church than out of it. So, you know, we can act like that's not a reality, but that does no one any good. The reality is that we're all broken and that there's a certain shame that can come with that, right? That's why we don't talk about these things. That's why most of us don't put them on Facebook. is because we're ashamed. There's shame that comes with it. Some of that's innate. Some of that society puts on us. But there is a heaviness and a shame. The hope is we don't have to feel ashamed, right? That's the whole point of Jesus. Jesus came to set you free from that shame. Not just your sin in a metaphorical, or like a really esoteric context. He came to set you free from that shame that you feel, right? You might be somebody who said, I have a short sin list. Good for you. But you know what shame feels like, right? And Jesus came for that, too. That's the whole point of the gospel. So, the point is that Jesus came to rescue us, not just from our sin, but from our shame, from our disconnection with God. He came to put us back in a family. And as Tyler said, not just our family, but the family. Christ came to bring us back to the family, so we couldn't get up here and talk about family without mentioning that God. The whole point, the whole reason we're here, is so that we can get back to family. We can get back to our our family that we had since the beginning of time, right? And that's made possible through Jesus Christ to restore our relationship with God.
0: To invest. A lot of people talk about. Um, there's a lot of self help out there that's going to say, you know, you need to invest in your family, and here are ideas on how to invest in your family. You know, the theme of today is investing. Um, And to that I say, to truly invest in your family, you must first invest in the gospel. You must first invest in Christ. You must put your own oxygen mask on before you can help those that are around you. So we can talk about family, but really, at the root of it, we need to talk about ourselves and how we... Are investing in our relationship with Christ, and then that transparent, transpires to your family. Yesterday, I was so, I'm, not, I'm just going to tell myself, I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated because when things don't click for me, I get mad. I get mad about it. And I was mad about it because, for some reason, this was not clicking for me. It was Days ago, we put a PowerPoint together, we sent it off to Dave, and it was fine. It was mentally there. Then, went away. I don't know what happened. Just a ghost took it out of my brain in the end. But, I was frustrated, and I was telling my frustration, and uh, Jenny said, have you read the text? Have you read the text? Yes, I've read the text, I said. She said, no, have you read and digested the text? So then, the boys, I don't know what happened to them. They disappeared. Um, and they either went outside, they took a nap. I'm not really sure what happened, but I read and I digested. And from that point, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but I no longer was frustrated. And she said at dinner, you are noticeably chill. What is wrong? And I think it was that investing that I did that afternoon of digesting in the word of God of what I was supposed to say, of which I'm hoping this makes sense. But it was that time that I took that helped my whole family. Because I was helping no one at the time. I was doing nothing but being frustrated to everybody else as well. But I took that moment to pause, invest, and then everything else fell into place.
1: So we want to read that text today, if you could put it up there. Uh, You'll see it. This is Luke 36 through 50. It's the ESV. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat him as Jesus, to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and took his place at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him, who invited Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, he didn't say it out loud to Jesus, he said, If this man were a prophet, he would have known what sort of woman who is touching him. He, it, She is a sinner. And Jesus answering him said, "'Simon, I have something to say to you.' And he said, "'Say it, teacher.' A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, huge sum, obviously, and the other 50, much smaller. And when they both could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which one of them will love him more?' Simon answered, "'The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt.' And he said to him, "'You have judged rightly.' Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, "'Do you see this woman?' So this passage was one that we talked about. It it doesn't seem to intuitively relate to family, but it does relate to belonging. Because this is a woman who you saw the way she was described in the text. This woman is what the Pharisee thought of her. This woman, she's a sinful woman. Uh, And we got to look at the context of the time, right? Women were not elevated people in this society. They were non-people, right? They were people that you could own and control in this society. So she was... First of all, a woman, that's no good, right? A sinful woman and not a little. Jesus himself said many sins. So she has really done a lot wrong. And yet, you know what he did? He did a couple of things. The first is he saw her and he made sure everybody else saw her too. Do you see this woman? Not just, hey, she's here, but look at her. Know this person. And then he told a story, which I love, and pointed out that because she loved him, she trusted him. His grace is sufficient. And that's good news for us. Because whether you're failing at parenting, whether you're failing at adulting, or just being a person, God's grace is sufficient for you too, right? So,
0: one one thing that stood out to me is that Jesus wanted Simon to see this woman the way that he saw her. We do a good job of putting on our gaze and seeing things through our lenses But it's important that we not only view this woman through what Jesus wanted us to see her as, but also in our everyday, we need to put on the eyes of Jesus so that we can clearly see. Uh, This woman had a huge debt. Huge debt. And you might be sitting there going, I have a huge debt. I have a bigger debt than you realize I have. I have the biggest debt in the room by a lot. You don't understand, so I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen to your pretty words and I'm going to digest it, I'm going to stand when I need to stand, I'm going to sit when I need to sit and I'm going to be out the door and we're not going to talk about it because there's nothing to talk about here. I'm not going to talk about those things with you. But, even though this woman had a huge debt, she still mattered. You still matter your family still matters God says that you matter and so that is what the story and how the story for me relates to family is because it's very difficult if you have one snafu in your family some people are like well it's ruined we're a broken family well, things, um, you know, we, we've had some issues. You know, who hasn't had issues? Your debt may be big, but God will carry you through that debt. God sees you exactly where you are. He meets you exactly where you are. And he says, see this woman through my eyes.
1: And more than that, he says, come to my family. Right? He doesn't just tolerate her He says, come be in my family, which is incredible So uh, yesterday I woke up early and watched the royal wedding Did anybody else do that? I know it's not for everybody, right? But a few of us did I made one of my kids watch it with me I, won't say, I promised I wouldn't use his name uh, I, I got to tell this story This is just my favorite So I said, I was crying, right? At the royal wedding I don't know these people uh, But I was so moved and it was beautiful I'll tell you on a second And uh, I said, are you crying? Oh, I'm, I'm crying. I'm going to cry really a lot at your wedding. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to get married. I'm still, still waiting to see how my body turns out. He said, hopefully not like a giant cheese ball. I just thought that was adorable. The other adorable thing that my son said was, man, that guy is so lucky. He gets to marry a movie star, uh, which I loved. But I thought the wedding was so significant and cool for a lot of reasons. Marriage is obviously a great analogy for the church, right? And they even talked about that in the sermon during the wedding. So here's this woman, right, that he never should have married, and that even as of 2011 he couldn't have married for a few reasons. Number one, she is a foreigner. She's American, right and there was a time when british people and americans didn't get along too well right we've we've heard the soundtrack to hamilton right that's not something that we all always got along with another strike against her she was divorced right she'd been married before and the queen had to like sign off on that that, that was okay another thing you might not know is that she was raised catholic and until 2011 a member of the royal family wasn't allowed to marry a catholic so that was problematic uh, she's also biracial, right? So she has an African American mother and a white father. And that really caused a snafu for some people. So here is this beautiful woman, right? That he should not have been able to marry for at least four different reasons. And you know what? The prince fell in love with her anyway. Loved her anyway. And isn't that a beautiful picture of what Christ does for us? He should have never noticed us, he should have never seen us, but he fell in love with us anyway. He doesn't just tolerate us, he says, I love you. I love you so much. Be in my family. And that just, I could cry over that right now. So I think that's just a beautiful picture uh, of the gospel and one that's really easy to forget, right? Because sometimes church is really stuffy and guarded. But the gospel is not. Jesus is not. And if church is, we're doing it wrong because that's not how it's supposed to be. So let's talk about a few ways that we can live the gospel out in an authentic way and bring people into the family in an authentic way. Uh, Number one is family means freedom. Freedom to make mistakes and yet be loved. I, I called this one because uh, I made a ton of mistakes. And I was so blessed. My mom and dad are here. And they raised all of us. I have two brothers and a sister. They raised us in a house where it was fine to make mistakes, right? As long as you tried if you made a mistake, that's fine. So I grew up just knowing no fear, right? Why not try it? It would be nothing for me to come home and my dad to say, well, I got a garage and a trailer. Let's put this garage on this trailer and drag it through town. Like, is that going to work? Well, only one way to find out, and we would do it, right? And we have that garage today because it totally worked. Now, sometimes it does not work, right? Sometimes you try things, and it doesn't work. You saw the haircut. Uh, I, I have so many stories like that. I remember one time when I was 16, just driving, uh, my brother got bitten by a dog. It was terrible. And so mom and dad were going to go do something for him. And they said, just get him whatever he wants. And I'm like, well, I have a, I have a license now. i get you whatever. I'm going to go to Mart and get him a movie because that was before Netflix, right? So I get in the car, and one thing you might not know about me is I, I don't have very good depth perception. So I'm trying to drive the car really carefully but also quickly to get a movie, looking over my shoulder because that's how the driver's manual said to do it, and I'm an excellent test taker. But on this side was a swimming pool that I did not see. So I actually ran, or it was above, ground. thank God it was above ground, right? I'd probably not be here. But I ran the van into our swimming pool and got caught on this pool, right? And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? Mom and Dad are going to be so mad. I should probably just floor it and drive as fast as I can away from the swimming. So that's what I did. I put it in reverse, pedaled to the metal, drove backward into a brick wall. So I know. Uh, it's a wonder they still talk to me. I'm really not sure what they're doing here. Maybe they forgot that. But... After we had a little talk about driving uh, and consequences, they they loved me anyway. And their motto was always, there's nothing you can do. My mom in particular, there's nothing you can do that will make me stop loving you. Nothing. And I've done so much, you don't even know. But they never quit, and that was so cool. I'm going to...
0: And they still have a pool. So that's the lesson. Let's pray. I'm just kidding. Uh, Second application is... uh, Family means freedom to share our whole selves. To share our whole selves. So, when you have many kids, uh, it's difficult to get one-on-one time. Very difficult, actually. One thing that has happened recently is that Seth, who is three, who will be four in June, has this need now to, he needs, first of all, he needs to tell me uh, that we are dressed alike. So we're, he always, like, if he sees what I'm wearing, he needs to wear something similar to me. So children are always paying attention. But the second thing is, is that he wants me to go outside with him and swing him on our swing set. Now that sounds normal. But over time, what I realize, Seth doesn't care at all about swinging. Seth wants to tell me about his day. So we're swinging... And all of a sudden he's like, now I'm going going to tell you about my day. First, I ate this for breakfast. Second, then I went to the playground. Third, I did this. And he goes on and on and yammers and yammers. And some of it makes sense and a lot of it does not. But it's that opportunity for him to tell me about his day. So he's three going on four. If you relate that to an adult, we don't do that. We don't want to talk about our day sometimes, and we don't really want to share what's going on. Uh, In fact, we would prefer that wall to be just as high as it can possibly go, because that is preferable, and uh, we don't want to hear truths, and we don't want to hear honesty. Um, Kids are super honest. That's... The beautiful part about children, if you really want to know where you stand, go ask a child. They're going to tell you. But adults are not quite so transparent. And family, family of God, your biological, personal family, uh, there, there should be, there needs to be that freedom to share your whole self. Even the parts that you're not so proud of. Even the parts that back into pools even the parts that may show you not in the best light. It's important to share your whole self. And that is very, uh, as Judy Taylor would say, that's easy preaching, hard living, uh, which is a uh, southern antic. Uh, but I, it works for this, this instance. It is difficult to do that. Um, but how many problems do you know just thinking would have not happened if there was just some truth telling and some honesty and some transparency and some communication and just saying it. Uh, One thing that my parents taught me early on, uh, which was a real challenge when we first got married, is my parents just say it. They just say it. Uh, You may not want to hear it, but they're just going to say it it is honest it is raw it's a little bit hurtful but they're going to lay it out there like you're a problem let me tell you why and then like this is a problem let me tell you why and i'm feeling this way and that is just how i was raised so when we were when we got married jenny's like we don't say real things yeah, we're not supposed you... to do that
1: <laughs> so for for comparison in my family if you if you didn't like what someone was wearing for example you would say something like Uh, The southern way, right, the really indirect way, like, I think it's nice that you're comfortable enough to wear that today. Right? And then ten minutes later, they'll figure it out and change their clothes. So it was really uh, jarring.
0: Whereas Billmans would say, you look awful. Yes. Fix it. (laughs) Fix that. And what were you thinking? That's awful. Uh, So, you know, (laughs) but there is some freedom in doing that. You know what you're getting at all times. There is never a question of where you stand. It is, well, they're going to tell me. Uh, And so there is a freedom in sharing your whole self. And then finally, uh, and this is the hard one, right? So you always, uh, you know, in public speaking, you always end with the hardest message to give. That way, if it goes poorly, you exit quickly. Uh, So family means freedom from anger in unforgiveness. So, this is tough because, uh, and I am going to use the proverbial we, uh, it, it, when a, specifically a family member has hurt you, when a family member has betrayed you, when they have done hurtful things intentionally, when It hurts to even be in the same room as them and when it's just not comfortable at Christmas anymore. There is a stifling that occurs. This is a lot of reasons of how families stop talking. It's also a way of how families stop gathering and how you can say things like, well, we're family, but. And... My message of encouragement for you today is are you seeing them the way Jesus sees them? That's hard. That's really hard. Are you seeing them the way that Jesus sees them? Because it is so important that sometimes we lay ourselves down and we break those walls. We tear those walls down, not because it's something that is inside of us, but it is something that Jesus has done for us. And there may not be, it may not make sense, and it doesn't necessarily have to, but there is freedom from letting that go. There is freedom from forgiving, and there is freedom from saying, I'm just not going to be angry anymore. And I'm going to start seeing this family the way that Jesus sees this family, flawed and imperfect, but forgiven. And um, that's incredibly hard to do. It is incredibly freeing if it happens, um, but something that's necessary um, and something that God has called us to do.
1: And if I could just add one thing, I opened my Bible this morning. Uh, I wasn't reading it on the floor with baby. It was on my phone uh, in my bed this time. And the verse was Acts 1-8, which is what I learned in Bible drill. And it said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And so when you're faced with something in your family, which is hard, because let's be real, families are hard, right? They're hard. Even if you have a really cool family, I have a great family and I love them all. We're so blessed. Uh, sometimes you don't get to pick your family, right? And if you're in the family of God, you really don't. I heard someone say one time, if there's not somebody you don't like in your family, you're probably doing it wrong, right? But God gives us power to do that. God gives us power to forgive and to love and to do all the things that we wouldn't naturally do or want to do. So as you walk out of here today, remember, most importantly, that God offers forgiveness for whatever you are facing, for whatever debt you have, for whatever shame you carry but also power so that you can go out and raise your family in a way that they know that truth too, not just with their head but with their heart. They really know it. And so that they can come to this church family and we can talk to each other and be honest about where our needs are and where our shortcomings are, but also what God has promised to do and what God has power to do.
0: So the last thing that I want to do is very unconventional, so if you're a visitor, we never do this. But uh, I want to have, and we did this last time, and I, I just loved it, um, but it's a family prayer time. And so if, if I want some sort of musicians to come up to the stage so that they can uh, play for us. But this is how I want this to work. Uh, first of all, we're going to stand and then we're also going to get in groups of our family. Let's say you don't have your family today. Find a family uh, to, to join just for this service. But we need to pray for not only our family, but for each other's family. And also uh, to lift up the family of God. And so how we're going to do that is I want you to uh, stand, kind of go into groupings. And I don't want it to be one of those prayer times where you're silent and you don't speak a prayer out loud. I think it's really, really important that we hear each other's prayers. And so if you could find your family members, join up in a circle, and we're just going to have a time of prayer as we close this service.